I think that's my favorite song. Because it reminds me of how much God loves me. And I don't know if that song touched you, but it sure touched me. So let's give God a hand clap of praise and thanksgiving right now. Thank you, Jesus. We just don't know how good he is and how good he's been to us. I tell you. I just want to welcome you guys back. Um, evidently, I hadn't done nothing wrong because y'all keep coming back. <laughs> Thank you all for coming, and uh, it's amazing. There's some seats up front. I know some people don't like sitting up front, but there's some more seats left. So um, just thank y'all, and welcome back. This is the third week um, of our Made for More series. Um, and like I've said previous weeks, we believe the church is made for more. And we believe that your relationship is made for more than what it is. And God's called us to be the people. The people that are living life on mission for him. We believe at Connection that we were created for a purpose, and our purpose is to serve God. 110%. Not just that I get saved and I sit on the church pew, that no, I'm actively involved in following Jesus. And when we do that, there's going to be five cultures that we want to be a part of our church. Number one is we're going to have an act of worship. When people see us, they'll see that we are devoted to God, that we are people that worship Jesus Christ and Him alone. Second thing is that, that we are people that are involved in the community, that we are in discipleship, that we need to, uh, that we're growing, that we're people that are growing in relationship with Jesus. The next one is that we are people engaged in evangelism. We're going to talk about that tonight. Do I need to move somewhere? This thing's killing me. And the next one is, is service. Is that we'll be people that's involved in, in the community. We're reaching people. We're out there in the community doing things. When people see us serving in the community, they see Jesus. And the next thing, the last one, is we'll be a people of generosity. We'll be people that give generously of our time and our talent and our money. When they see us, they see Jesus. When we give our money, they see Jesus in us in every aspect. That's the people that we want to be, and those are the five cultures. When they see Connection Mill and they see you, they see that active in your life. Tonight we'll be talking about evangelism, and I know that's sometimes a dirty word in some people's in, in Christian because they think, I don't have to evangelize. That's what we pay the preacher for, right? Oh, y'all ain't going to give me no help tonight, huh? <laughs> but it's our, our duty, each and every one of us, it's our duty to, to tell people the good news of Christ and to evangelize. That's what that's called. So before we get started, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just come to you once again just thanking you so much for who you are. God, I thank you that, that we all are loved by you. God, I thank you that, that you gave us an alternative. You gave us a way out, God. And that when there was no way that you made a way, and God, I just thank you and I praise you for that. Lord, I pray that tonight, Lord, this Holy, your Holy Spirit would just fill this place and it would just engulf us. It would just overcome us, Lord. That tonight that, that the chains of pride would be broken. God, that the chains of, of just worrying about what other people think would be broken. That, God, we would just seriously leave this place different than how we came. And that, God, we would become the unstoppable people that you called us to be. That we would just descend upon our county and take it over in the name of Jesus. Father, we just pray that you would just move in these aisles, move in these seats. God, touch every soul here, Lord. Don't let us leave here different. Don't let us leave here the same as we came in. Father, we love you, we thank you, and we praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, in order for us to be the church that God's called us to be, 
We've got to be active and involved in, in making disciples that make disciples. And the only way you're going to make disciples is that we've got to get out and tell people about Jesus, right? I mean, nobody's beating the door down to become a disciple of Jesus. We've got to go out and tell them. That's what he's called us to do. And as I was, this week I was preparing, and, you know, the whole cliche, you know, Sunday school and, and, and vacation Bible school was the, was the one I remember the most. And we always used to sing the song about we're going to be fishers of men. And we've, we've taken that and we've kind of made a, a, kind of a joke out of it in a way. That we're going to be fishers of men and that's about, that's about as far as we go. But as I was reading that story this week in Mark, the first chapter of Mark, it just kind of jumped out at me. Because God's called all of us to be people that reach people. Not just people that show up to church on Sunday. Not, people that, not just people that just come to church. He's called us to tell... If Jesus means something to you, you're going to tell somebody about it. Amen? And I've been warning y'all that if I don't get a lot of help, we, we're going to stay here a long time. And I preached 55 minutes last week. So if you want to get out here in 30, y'all better come on with it. <laughs> but as we start in Mark chapter 1, verse 17, I'll, I'll back up in verse 16. It says, Passing along the sea... Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. In verse 17, And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending their nets. And immediately he, can't, he called to them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. As I read it this week, it just kind of, some things jumped out at me that it never had really jumped out at me before. Jesus has called us to be fishers of men. Amen? He's called us to be those people. But as I read this, I realized that Jesus called these people out of their everyday routine. He called them out of their everyday mundane routine. You know, so, so often we do life and we're just used to getting up, going to work. And we got the same routine years and years and years. And it's hard for us to change, right? It's hard for us to change. But when Jesus came into their life, they didn't ask no questions. They didn't look back. They just changed. So Jesus calls us to step out of our everyday routine, out of the life of redundancy. And fishing was their life. Casting a net day in and day out into the sea, just hoping that today's catch will be, be better than yesterday's. Just hoping that that will be better. And as I started reading, their nets was the instruments that helped them survive. If it wasn't without those nets, they couldn't fish, right? They couldn't, they couldn't do life. They wouldn't survive if it wasn't for those nets. And as I read that, I mean, it's like God spoke to me. You know, there are people out there living just day to day. There's people out there just living day to day, hoping that tomorrow will be better. They're full of despair, full of anxiety, every day trying to mend their lives back together on their own just hoping that tomorrow is better than today. Can anybody relate to that? Lord, I know I can. 
They're just they're trying to do it themselves. And that's what these men, they were sitting there every day doing the same routine. Just trying to, to get their lives together. And when life would tear it down, they would be sitting in the boat trying to sew that net back up so they could survive. Never knowing what they were going to catch tomorrow. No, not never knowing what the sea of life was going to bring them tomorrow. That's a hopeless state, guys. That is so hopeless. And that was their life every single day until Jesus came along. And when Jesus came along, he didn't have to ask them a second time, did he? He just said one time and they jumped out of the boat. Jesus comes along and challenges them to leave their existing way of life. Instead of following him, instead, instead, of just being, just, instead of just being this normal person, instead of just living this life away from God, he calls them out of that to become a person that makes disciples, to become a fisherman of men. So many of us have these ideas that, that we think that the moment we get saved, we arrive, and that's it. If that was the case, then why would they put that word become? Because it means that you are progressing towards something. You're working towards something. When you get saved, at that moment that you turn and you start following Jesus, then you start becoming the person God's called you to be. It's a progress. And we're, not never, going, we're never going to arrive there until Jesus calls us home. None of us are perfect. And we've got to realize that. And these men were not perfect. Jesus didn't go to the religious people. He went to the everyday working man. He was a hard-working fisherman. And he went to him and said, hey, drop your nets and come follow me. He wants to use you and you and you. He wants to use you in your ordinary life to reach people. And that's what he was calling them out of. It worries me that we think that we have to be right before we can come to know Jesus. And so many people are caught up in that. If I'm going to clean myself up, and then I'm going to come to him, and then I can do what he's purposed me to do. And what you do is you spend your whole life mending your nets, waiting for that perfect catch, and it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. You're going to keep spending that whole life of turmoil. Everything's going to keep going bad. You're going to keep wondering, what's going on? And until you give your life to Jesus and really start following him, that's the only way you're going to find hope and relief. I can, I can tell you, I lived that life of redundancy way too long. Until I surrendered and really gave my life to Jesus is when everything changed. Those men, were, they, they were at that point where they were tired of playing games. They were tired of the struggle. They were tired of just, just getting up every morning just wishing something was different, hoping tomorrow's better than today. And when Jesus spoke to them and said, hey, come follow me, what did they do? Did they ask questions? Did they say, no, let me get my checkbook right? Let me get my priority. No, they, they said, they took off. I mean, the two, the two sons of Zebedee, they didn't even tell their daddy bye, did they? They just took off. And we give all these excuses of why we don't want to follow God and why we're not doing what he's called us to do. Time to leave our excuses at home and start doing what God's called us to do. Amen? Amen? That's what they did. And we realized that, that they had, they were so ready for a change that, for a different, just for something different, that they were willing to do whatever it took to follow Jesus. And there's people out there, guys, 
There's people out there every day that need somebody to tell them. That need somebody to show them that life can be different. That life can be different than the same old struggle. That life can be different without the drugs. That life can be different without the addiction. That life can be different without pornography. That life can be different without all all the sex and all the other stuff. We need people to show them that. But they're not. If we just walk, keep walking by the boat, if Jesus would have not have said, come follow me, they would have still been fishing. And there's a lot of people living their life the same way they've always had because none of us has opened our mouth and said, why don't you come follow Jesus? I thank God I had a friend that loved me enough to invite me to go fishing one day. He said, Jeremy, he knew I wasn't living my life right. He knew I was playing games. He knew I was coming to church. And a lot of times I was hungover in the church pew. And he knew that. And he invited me to go fishing. And when we went fishing, he had me in the boat. And I couldn't get out. So I couldn't get away from it. And there he began to beat me with the Bible, boys, I'm telling you. But it was with love and compassion. He told me how much he loved me. And he told me, why don't you come go to church with me? We got a brand new pastor coming this week. Why don't you come? And then three months later, because of his faithfulness, I got saved. And I turned down that life of redundancy and that life of just failure and that life of just making it, just trying to make it. And I started serving God. And my life has never been better. We've got to be the people that Jesus calls to be because people out there needing to hear what he's done in your life. And just how Jesus came to those men is how we need to approach this lost and dying world. Some of you are asking, so what what is evangelism? What what, what does that mean? Well, evangelism is this. It says, evangelism is to proclaim and to pronounce the good news of Christ. But not only the saving grace of Jesus Christ, but also to tell people about sin and about the consequences of sin. We've got to tell them both sides. If you tell people just about heaven, then they they want to go to heaven. They don't think about the consequences of sin. And that we've turned into a lot of people that they want to, they want to go to heaven because they just want fire insurance because they don't want to go to hell. And it's not about fire insurance. It's about serving a God that died on the cross to save us of our sins. Man, why wouldn't you want to do what he's asked you to do? He's given his life for you. That's just my rationale. I may be weird and different. But when I realized he died to save me of my sins, all I could do was say, thank you, Jesus. I want to do what you want. I want to do whatever you want me to do. That's what he did in my life. First Peter, we learned last week, First Peter 1, First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. At the end, he says, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We're to proclaim. Tell people what he's done in your life. We talked about it last week. Also in Romans 10, it says, Once you were not a people. I don't think that's right. No, that ain't right. I'm going to stop trusting you and do my own thing over here. Romans 10, verses 14. It says, listen to this, listen to this, guys. How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him 
of whom they have never heard? And how are they to bear, I mean, to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? They're never going to hear about Jesus unless we tell them about Jesus. And that's why evangelism is so important. We've got to be a people, and God's called us to be people that's, that's outward focused. I, got a, I heard a quote this week from Desiring God. It says, The call to evangelism is a call to turn our lives outward from focusing on ourselves and our own needs to focusing on God, to focusing on those who made in His image. We bring glory to God in this way. This is our special privilege on earth that we, call, we can bring glory to God in this way and in this way we won't be able to do this in heaven. You think about that. You won't be able to tell anybody about Jesus in heaven because when you get to heaven, everybody's going to know Jesus, right? So when you tell somebody about Jesus, when you are telling them what Jesus has done in your life, you're doing something you won't ever be able to do again. When we get to heaven, we're going to be worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But if we don't tell our friends and family about it, they're not going to be doing that. That's why it's so important that we tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. So, so why should you evangelize? Why should you tell people about Jesus? Why? I'm to give you four good reasons. You'll hold on. Number one is the desire to be obedient to God. Matthew 28 calls us. God calls us. Jesus calls us to, to tell the world. The Great Commission in verse 16, it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when, he saw, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He says, go. That's a direct command. He didn't say if you feel like it, did he? He didn't say if they don't look at you weird. No, nobody's going to say nothing. Huh? He didn't say any of those things. He said, go. And if God tells me to go, I'm going to go. And we should go. He says, go. That's a direct command. Read on down in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. There you go. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. He says, you will be my witnesses. What is a witness? How many has been to court? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. I forgot where I was at. He says, you'll be my witness. If you've been to court and you get on the witness stand, what do you do? You tell about what you know, right? But you're not going to tell what you don't know. He says, you need to be my witnesses. So we need to be God's witnesses of what he's done in our life, not only in Jenkins County, but in the state of Georgia. Wherever we go, we need to be his witness wherever we go. Wherever we go. Keep going in Acts chapter 8, verse 4. 
And I love this part. Saul comes in, and he, he, he just destroys the church. He, he, thinks he's good. he thinks he's done a great work that the church has done. In verse 4, he says, Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Did they give up? No. They left that place, and they scattered. When we leave this place and we scatter all over the county, we scatter all over Georgia this week, we need to be proclaiming the new good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what we're supposed to do. We think that the preacher is the only one that's supposed to tell people about Jesus. And the only time you're supposed to tell people about Jesus is on Sunday. When it wouldn't work. I learned about Jesus on a Saturday in the middle of the Geechee River. You hear me? We need to be active in telling people about Jesus. The second thing is because we've realized what salvation means. I didn't tell anybody about Jesus when I was just playing games. One time did I tell anybody about Jesus. One, I didn't invite anybody to church when I was playing games, when I was just being religious. But when I realized what he did for me, I want you to just realize what he did for you. Okay? Jesus, the Son of God, chose to be obedient to the Father. He came down to this earth, lived amongst men that rejected him, that hated him, that spit in his face. The very people he came to save rejected him. He still lived on this earth, lived obedient to God. He died a death that he, he, didn't, he didn't deserve it for something he didn't do. On the third day, Jesus rose again. Praise God, he rose again, taking the keys of death and hell right there with him. For of those that believe in him and follow him would have eternal life. That's, that's the good news of Jesus Christ. Your life does not have to be the way it is. You don't have to keep being hopeless. It's about Jesus. He died so that you can have eternal life. Is that something not to get excited about? That's what I'm talking about. At least one person's excited. Man, Jesus died to save us of our sins. Man, he's he died for me. The least I can do is live for him. You hear me? And that's what we've got to do. Why are we quiet? He died for me. Jesus died for me. I should be running down the streets like Paul Revere, just running and screaming. Look what he did for me. When somebody does that, we're like, man, that man's crazy. We think radical Christians are just crazy people. In reality, they're what true Christianity should be. And we are the ones that aren't getting the blessing. When we don't share our faith, man, that's, it's pathetic. I'm sorry. We don't share our faith. You lose the blessing. Sharing our faith and being the vessel that God wanted you to be, it's not for God. It's for you. God wanted you to get active and involved in that. Like he said, our purpose in 1 Peter chapter 2, our purpose is to proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That's what we're supposed to do. The third one is because it shows our hearts. In Luke chapter 6, and my page is sticking together up here. Luke chapter 6, verse five, uh, 45, talks about 
good fruit and bad fruit, man, this, this, this speaks volumes. It says, the good person, verse 45, the good person out of his good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Mm. Y'all hear that? Out of his heart, his mouth speaks. So what your life is about, what you love, it's going to come out. What, you, what is the center of your heart is going to come out. When you're around somebody, you know what, they, what, what makes them up if you spend time talking to them. They talk about their kids. They may talk about work. But whatever comes out of your mouth is what's in your heart. That's a great litmus test. I can't even say it. Litmus test. It's a great litmus test. What do you talk about the most? Is it Jesus? Because I can't quit talking about him. If I see somebody that's hurting, I'm not going to go pat them on the back and say, it's going to be okay. I'm going to go down and I'm going to tell them about Jesus. That's what he called us to be. And it shows our heart. It shows our heart. When we're, when we're around our friends and our family, what do we talk about? Those that you know that are far from God. Do we tell them about Jesus? Do we just kind of just muddle around? I, I want to tell you, I am guilty of that. A lot of my family made me feel like an exile when I started following Jesus. A lot of my family made me feel like that I was this, that, that they don't have nothing to do with me. It's just how I felt. Oh, here comes the preacher. Y'all shut up. Y'all be quiet. So, I, I, and God convicted me that this week. When I would go, I would, just, I would not say anything about the Lord. I wouldn't say anything. Worried about offending somebody. Now I got to the point where I don't care if I offend you because if you go to hell, that's on me. If I don't tell you about Jesus, that's on me. If I know your life isn't right, if I love you like I say I love you, then why don't I tell you about Jesus? Why don't I tell you about the alternative? Why don't I tell you about that? If I love you the way I say I love you. And Ezekiel says it the same way. Ezekiel chapter 3. Chapter, verse 18 says, If you say to a wicked, to the wicked, you shall surely die. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die. And you give them no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way in order to save his life, that wicked person shall die for his iniquity. But his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, you, he shall die for his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. We as followers of Jesus have a duty to tell people about Jesus. I don't want to get to heaven and God tell me, Jeremy, here's all these people that I laid before you, but you chose to be quiet and not tell them. I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want anybody in my family, anybody that I work with, I don't want any of, the, any of those to go to hell. And to talk about heaven, you've got to really talk about hell, because hell is reality. God created us all as eternal beings. We're going to live forever somewhere. Praise God. And if y'all want to go on the boat with me, y'all better come on and get a hold of some Jesus, because I'm going to glory. Amen?
but we're all going to live forever somewhere. And this little time span we have on earth, besides that, this is boot camp for heaven or an express lane to hell, either way you want to go. But guys, I'm telling you, that's why it's so important we tell people about Jesus. And we're not going to tell people unless we love them, unless we love God. The next part is because you can reach people that I can't. You should, you should, we should evangelize because you can reach people that I can't. When we leave here tonight, there's some of you that work at Plant Vogel. And you work with people that I, don't, I won't ever see in my lifetime. And I may go to Kingsland this week on a job and work with somebody you will never see. There's people in both locations that need Jesus. And God's ordained that meeting, ordained you to meet those people so you can share the good news of Christ. But if we remain quiet, we remain silent, that doesn't happen. See, the reason the preacher is not the only one, because I can only reach so many people. But all of you in this room, if we get a hold of this and we really start following Jesus like he's called us to and telling people about him, we can reach the world. We can take over our county. If y'all get a hold of this and really start sharing the gospel and telling people about Jesus. If you want to see your friends and family go to heaven, tell them about Jesus. If you're telling them about Jesus and I'm telling them about Jesus, eventually it's going to sink in. Because we all got some hard-headed kin people, don't we? Amen. All right, I ain't the only one. Woo, praise God. <laughs> so, so how are we going to do this? How, how are we going to evangelize? How should you evangelize? How should you do that practically? Easiest way, invite them to church. Invite them to church. If you know somebody's struggling, you know, invite them to church because when they come to a church that's filled with the Spirit of God, when they come, they can't leave the same way. I want to tell you, we pray so intently every week that God would change somebody's life when they come in here. Because I know what Jesus did for me, and, and our people in our core group know what Jesus has done for them, and we want people to experience that. When, you, when you're coming to an environment where people are praying and seeking for, they're not praying for that. They're praying for your life to change. They're praying for God to consume you so that you can be used of God and you can go out and reach other people. And when you invite people to an environment like that, not just a dead environment where we just come and we sing a little bit and then we just sit down, we sing a little bit more, and then we go home. It's important where you go and you're actively, you feel the Spirit of God where you're at. I've never experienced that before until here recently. I can't go back to that. And once you experience the Spirit of God, you can't go back. You can't go back to ordinary Christianity. You can't go back to that dead faith. And if you do, you're walking away from Jesus. But invite them to church. Invite them to church. The next one is, is tell your story. Tell your story. Everything you walked through in your life was for a purpose. As horrible as some of that has been. It's for you can relate to people and people that have been struggling through the same stuff. You can share the good news of Jesus and what he's done for you. What he's brought you through. I can't talk to somebody. I don't know the struggle of anybody that's on meth. I, I, can't, I just can't do it. I don't know. But somebody that's addicted to alcohol, I can talk to you. I can talk to somebody who, whose marriage is, is about, think, thinks their marriage is about to fall apart. And the only thing that's going to say their marriage is Jesus, I can talk to you because I can relate. 
because of the things I have went through in my life. And there's things that you've went through in your life that, that is ordained for a purpose. And all you got to do is tell people. When you know somebody's struggling, just tell them the goodness of Jesus and what he's done in your life. I don't know how many people that Sabrina and I have talked to when they, they lost a loved one. And so many people tote to bitterness and, 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 and they're just mad for so long. And before we encountered that, before that, that awful thing happened, we were never able to, I, I, didn't know how, I didn't know how to relate to that. But now I can tell you there's hope. I can tell you that when you surrender your life and give it to God, really give it to Him, He takes that bitterness away. He takes that hate away. And that, that, that where you've pushed, you've pushed up a wall between you and God, that wall gets torn down. I can relate to that. You've got stories. Tell somebody about it. Tell somebody about it. Tell somebody at work. Tell somebody, just tell them about your story. We think that we have to be these Bible scholars to tell people about Jesus. You tell people what he's done in your life and they'll realize that it's real. Then you, you keep growing in your faith. You keep reading God's word. Then you can tell them about scripture later. But first and foremost, tell them what Jesus has done in your life, if he's done anything at all. Because a lot of the reason why we don't tell people what he's done in our life, because he hadn't. You know, I told you last week a statistic that only 1% of the church in America will share their faith one time before they die. That tells me we got a lot of lost people in church. We got a lot of people playing games in church because I can't keep my mouth shut telling people about Jesus. If I see somebody that's hurting, I'm going to go over there and, 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 and say, man, let me pray with you. Let me, what, what can I help you? What can I do for you? Because I know what he's done in, me, done in my life. When I know, when I know that somebody is, is struggling with that, with that lifestyle of drinking and partying, and, and, and sometimes it's addiction a part of that, I can speak truth into that if they're struggling with it and really, really want to change their life and follow God. We've got to tell our story. We've got to quit being quiet. And tell somebody if we really love them. The next one is that living it out in our community. See, people's got to see that you're real before they're going to believe anything you say. They ain't going to listen to a word you got to say if you're playing games. Because they're going to say, that's fake. Let me tell you, people are wanting, they're hungry for something authentic and real. And they're looking in your life to see if it's real. And if you're not showing them that it's real, they're going to think you're just another hypocrite to go to church on Sunday. God didn't call us. God's called us to be real followers of Jesus Christ. And if we're going to reach our county and the people we love, we've got to quit playing games and really start following him. Living it out. People that are hurting, go help them. People are going to listen to what you have to say if they know you love them. You can't go up to somebody and be like, you need to change your life. They're going to say, get out of my face. Who are you trying to judge me? But if you... If you go do something for them, if you help them when they're down, if you're involved in the community, and guess what? They're going to know you love them and you care about them, and they're going to listen to what you got to say. We've got to get out of this comfort zone of just, of just wanting to just be about me and be about me coming to church. I don't know how many times I've heard, I'm, I just go to church because i got to get fed. Yeah, you need to get fed, but you need to get your butt outside and tell somebody about something. You need to work your faith out a little bit. We've got to be those people. Tell it in our community, guys. 
And the last one is to be ready. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, it says to be ready. In season and out of season. To be ready to preach the gospel in season and out of season. It don't matter when, just to be ready. How are you ready? You're ready by reading God's Word. You're ready by being a disciple. You're ready by, by being involved in community. You're ready to tell people about Jesus if you're studying God's Word. But a lot of us don't share it because we're not ready. We're just aimlessly going through life and not really sharing the gospel. We're not, we're not, we're not really being a student of God's Word. You've got to be ready. I got, a, I, got two, I got a guy that I work with. His name's Sean. And Sean's going to be listening to this thing. So, Sean, hey. hey. But Sean, Sean grew up in church and he played games his whole life. He thought he was saved. He cussed like a sailor. He would beat you in a minute if you got him crossed. He just, but yet, he called himself a Christian. When God changed my life, he seen how God changed my life. Did I beat Sean down? Boy, you better quit cussing. You better quit doing that. No, I just lived my life out in front of him. Until we got a relationship to where I could call him out on it. But it was a process of about a year. And I began to see Sean change. And Sean began to change, and Sean sat in my office one day, and he told me that, that he, he really realized that he had been playing games, and he needed to really start following Jesus. So we prayed together. Let me tell you about Sean. A couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, Sean started his own little small group in Savannah, and when he was there, he, he, he got some people. They went to a, they went to a restaurant, was doing a little small group, and the same, uh, the same uh, little um, waitress had been waiting on them, and they had seen how she, they treated her different than all the rest of their customers. Let me tell you, that waitress got saved because of Sean's obedience, amen? Well, Sean called me, and he said, Jeremy, I just want to tell you, thank you for living it out and not, not being judgmental, but hey, thank you for holding me accountable because she would have never got saved if me and you hadn't been friends. And it made me realize how important it is to be, just to love people, to show people. People are watching you at work. There's another girl that I work with. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not just a preacher, guys. I work, I work every day. So we need to live it out at work, too. I mean, at work, they were at work. I was at work, and there was a, a girl that I worked with. She had been struggling. She thought she was saved, but, but, she, but she really wasn't. Her life, was going, her life was going down fast. Her kids were having a lot of issues, and she, she, she was in my office one day, and I just said, look, how every, why come every time I talk about Jesus, you get mad? And you just, you just act like you don't want to talk about it. He's the only thing that's going to be able to save you and to make this, this situation better. And right there, she broke. I thought she was going to beat me up, but she broke. And she started crying, and she said, you're exactly right. I need to give God my life. And we prayed right there in my office in Statesboro, and she accepted Jesus Christ, her Lord and Savior. Now, that would not have happened if I hadn't have told my story. If I hadn't have told her where I was. If I hadn't have told her how I played games. 
Guys, there's people out there that is counting on you. That's counting on each and every one of you in this room to live your life out. Your kids are counting on you to live your life out for them so they see what a godly man and woman looks like. Because if we don't set the example the world is, and it's nowhere near where it needs to be. There's people that you love that's going to go to hell if you don't tell them about Jesus. And if I could, I would. But I may not never meet your family that live in Florida that only come down for a family reunion. I may not meet those people, but you do. We have to be faithful with the influence we have. That's why evangelism is so important. But to share your faith, you got to own it, as they say. You've got to have faith. You've got to have faith. You're not going to share what you don't have. You're not going to tell anybody about Jesus if he's not made a difference in your life. So you've got to ask yourself the question tonight. Why am I not telling people about Jesus? Why? Why am I not telling people about Jesus? Have you ever had that born-again experience we talked about last week? Has there ever been a chance where you were just living your life like you always wanted to and then you turned around and started pursuing God? Has there ever been that time? Because there hasn't been that time, you're not going to share it. You're not going to tell it. Guys, each week, I've been up here and asking you guys to take your next step. Asking you to take your next step of faith. Each week I've asked you. And you may think I'm crazy, but there's a handful of you in here that I've seen God all over you. He's been stirring your heart. He's been telling you to move, but you won't move. You won't move. And I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm just trying to tell you I love you. And when I die, I want to see you in heaven. And we've got to take this pride off. And we've got to put it in the closet, guys. We've got to take this, this thing of wanting to be accepted by the world off and put it in the closet. Because eternity is at stake. And I can walk up here and I can lay my hand on your shoulder and tell you you need to surrender, but you're not going to really wholeheartedly give God your heart if you're made to. You've got to want God. You've got to want to surrender. Guys, Wednesday. Wednesday night. Wednesday night I left. We was at my connect group and My pager went off, and uh, they began to say there was a wreck on Highway 25, and there was maybe a possibly fatality. And we began to panic because everybody had just left our connect group. So we, Chad and, and, and uh, Chase, began to call people, and soon we realized it wasn't none of our people. And then my pager went off again, and they paged out our fire department. They paged out to go, said there was a, a wreck, and that we needed a, there was a body that was entrapped, and we needed to get her out. I live a mile from where that happened. As I get out of my truck, and we, we, me and Chase and Chad, we load up and we run to it. And I get out of my truck not prepared for what I was about to encounter. And I run up to this car, 
And I realize I know these people. And there was two already dead. Three dead. And there was a little girl screaming in the car. And as we took the car out, I realized I knew this, this man. And as awful as that was, I know, I know the Burke family personally. And I began to think about how Sister Lois came to me and she, at church one night and she, she just told me she loved me and how much she cared about us. And she was praying for us. And, and I remember Brother Otis, how he just he hugged me and said, Jeremy, I love you and I'm so proud of what you're doing. I remember that. And here I am. They just left church on a Wednesday night going home and not thinking that that was going to be the last time they would ever go to church, guys. But let me tell you something. Brother Otis and Sister Lois, they in heaven because they was following Jesus. They told Jesus. Jesus flowed out of them. Their family loves Jesus because they were just telling everywhere they went. And the little girl that was driving, she got saved two weeks ago, praise God. And I have comfort in knowing that. But that was the last time they, they ever went to church. And I come in here and I beg you every week to surrender your life to God. And I'm not trying to guilt you into any, any kind of emotional thing, but I'm telling you how important it is. Because we're not granted tomorrow. We don't know when our last day on this earth will be. And if we keep playing games, we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, guys. And some of you need to stop tonight trying to fix your life on your own. And you turn it over to God. And you felt God tugging at your heart week and week after week. And if you keep rejecting God, eventually He's going to stop speaking to you. If you keep rejecting God, he's, your heart's going to get hard. Every time you tell Him no, it gets easier. And eventually He's going to stop asking. That's why it's so important that we act. And we surrender to God. So tonight, I just want to ask you guys, if that's you tonight, just be bold and say, that's me, Jeremy. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to quit playing games, and I want to follow him for the rest of my life so that I can be the example that my family needs to see. If that's you tonight, I just want to encourage you, raise your hand. Say, that's me. Amen. 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 Anyone else? Nobody's looking to judge you. Nobody's looking to do anything. We just want to pray and encourage you. Anybody else? Time to surrender. We never know when our last day is going to be, guys. That's why it's so important that we live it out in front of our family and our friends. That's why it's so important that we tell people about Jesus. Look, if there would have been somebody in that car that I should have told about Jesus that day, I don't know if I could live with myself right now. But I want to encourage you guys. 
Check yourself. Why are you not telling people about Jesus? What's your next step today? What do you need to start doing? I know there's some of you in here that, that need to surrender tonight. And if you didn't, just raise your hand and it's not too late. Don't leave this place without getting your life right with God. And if you're here tonight and you just said, Jeremy, I, I, I need to pray for my family. I want to pray for my family. I want to pray for my friends. I want to pray for boldness to be able to share my faith like I should. And that's what this altar is for right here, guys. Gresham's going to play that. He'll play that keyboard until the batteries go dead. Y'all just, y'all just come. And when I start praying, y'all start coming. The best thing we can do is do business with God. Father, we come to you, Lord. And we just ask you, Lord, to change us, Lord, in a mighty way. God, I pray that you would burden our hearts, that we'd want to be the people you've called us to be. That, God, we would, we would just reject the status quo, God. That we reject the games we play. And that we would start being the bold followers you've called us to be, God. That, Father, I just pray we would surrender our all to you, Lord, tonight. That, God, we would realize where we need you, Lord. Where we, where we, need, we need more passion. We need more desire, Father. God, you would just move in a mighty way. God, those that need hope, I pray that you would help us bring hope to the hopeless, Lord. God, I pray right now that you would be laying people on our heart that we need to tell our story to this week. That, God, you would consume us this week. That we cannot live this life without doing and being obedient to you, Father. God, please, forgive us where we have failed you, Lord. Forgive us all, God, where we have not stepped out and not told those that we should have told about you, Lord. Help us be active in evangelism. God, help, help our lifestyle, everything we do, everything we say be about you, Father. God, I just ask you just that. Give us strength to, stick our, to, take, to take our next steps, to be bold, to be courageous, and to follow you with all that we have, God. Father, we love you, and God, we praise you, and I thank you for how you have moved tonight. It's in your name we pray. Amen.